Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dum, the show about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. I'm Philippa Hall, ready to snip any sniping with my secateurs. Manhandled alongside me, dragged kicking and screaming to check in from his holiday, we have... Quentin Rayner. And lining up to be our saucy scarecrows, we have you, our listeners, in all your various shapes and sizes. Now, despite the billing, we have no bickering brown this week, hence my secateurs. The media man that is Royfield has been called away at the last minute, hence the Grealish-style substitution by Quentin. Now, this week's Dum De Dum is from our very own Isabel. And on this week's podcast, we hear from Dusty Substances, Witherspoon, Young Keith, Isabel, and a last-minute first-time caller in that Quentin doesn't know about. And Ooh. we also have a text from Chris. So, Quentin, thank you so much for stepping in and for keeping going with all the Wi-Fi problems. <laughs> Clearly, you're still in Cornwall country. I am, because... Our dear listener won't realise we spent the last hour or so trying to get a smidgen of Wi-Fi connection in this glorious county <sighs> of Cornwall <laughs> to bring you this yes. podcast. So I was going to make some Grealish reference to my Alice band, but all my hair has fallen out, so I don't need that now. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Cornwall, yes, lovely. Having a super time, chucked it down with rain yesterday, having said that. But um Yep, um, some lovely walks. I've plunged into the sea, bodyboarding, mm. to the gasps of the assembled crowd on the rocks, thinking, my word, what a <laughs> magnificent natural surfer he isn't. 
had a lovely meal as well. A bit of uh, restaurant name dropping here at Rick Stein's place in Padstow, which I know mm. it's a you know it's a decent restaurant, but it, I have to say it was reasonably priced. It was sensibly priced, not not cheap, but you know affordable. Lovely fish soup, seafood gratin, topped off by raspberry souffle. What's there not mm. to like as well, and, and great service mm. as well. Um, I have reached the peak of. St- Static caravan life by ordering a rotary washing line. I think <laughs> there's no coming back from that, is there? Um, I've, I have arrived no. now getting a, rot- a rotary washing line. Uh, thanks to our <laughs> listeners for their suggestions about this, that random golf ball that was on our walkway when we arrived. Um, had, uh, most people seem to agree with me that uh, it was a, probably a greedy seagull that had picked it up and Dropped it on the on the walk on the walkway. Others thought perhaps a naughty child, but I'm going for for, for greedy seagull. So a genuine birdie there. How was your week anyway? Oh, busy as always, usual chaos and calamities. But this week I decided I was going to cut my son's hair. He's been refusing to go to the barbers. My husband was refusing to cut his hair because it had grown so much. I was like, right, I'm going to do this. Got some clippers. My first question was do I clip it going up or going down? So I think that sets the scene that I had no mm. clue what I was doing. Oh dear. And uh, the result the result was, yes, awful. It's fair to say. I had to text all the family and say, do say you love the hairstyle when you next see it. So uh, at this moment, as we speak, my husband mm. is now with the clippers trying to rectify the damage. He'll never forgive you. You realise that. He'll be brought up for <laughs> decades on... <laughs> <laughs> on end um you, are you sure well, you use are you sure you use clippers not secateurs <laughs> i think if i'd used secateurs it would have made a better job to be fair <laughs> <laughs> well shall we move on from that uh, hairy moment and um because um how would you sum up the four episodes of high drama in ambridge then well, Quentin, using your A to Z of activities in Ambridge, this week it's S, S for sorry. On Monday, Peggy was really, really sorry for getting involved with Alice's alcoholism and warning Chris to protect Martha. And Alice was sorry for accusing Peggy that she, Alice, is the one to blame and that she's frightened. On Tuesday, Linda was sorry for pretending the fate idea for a scarecrow competition was hers, not Joy's. And Jacob was sorry Kate didn't want to live with Peggy anymore, but there was no way he and Kate were moving in together. On Wednesday, Brian said sorry to various people in a pub as he tried to get an inebriated Alice back into his car. And Alice was sorry she trusted that Brian was joining her with a strong G&T in the pub. On Thursday, Brian said sorry to Eddie for pretending Alice had skipped happily into rehab. And Shula was sorry, well, we hope she was sorry, for interrupting Neil and Susan with the dreaded secateurs. Now, I wrote this when I thought I was co-hosting with Royfield, and I thought the theme of saying sorry was somehow appropriate, but he couldn't make it. And Quentin, you have nothing to apologise for. I thank you for that. Yes, it would have been interesting to hear Mr Brown um, yeah. <laughs> eating humble pie on this podcast. Pigs might fly, I'm telling you. That, that'll never happen. But uh, <laughs> I think he's, 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 he's ducked out of this because he, he, he couldn't bear to say sorry. It's been the S word this week, including secateurs, hasn't it? Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. What a, what a week it's been and how different to last week. But anyway, let's get on to the important bit. In fact, I have a very important announcement, a very special announcement. Get ready for this, Quentin. 30th mm-hmm. of July, get the date in your diary, everybody. This is a Zoom alert. We've got a Zoom with Buffy Davis, who, of course, Ooh, plays goody. the wonderful Jolene. 30th of July. Oh, lovely. We haven't heard from Jolene for ages. No, it'll um, be great. Will she sing one of her songs, do you think? <laughs> let's, uh, let's hope. I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a while since we had a Zoom, so yes, that'll be good. But anyway. I'd forgotten her name was Buffy as well. What a great name. Buffy Davis. Lovely. Yes. So we need to hear your views. And if someone wants to get in contact, how can they do that? Yes. Your calls, your emails, your texts are the lifeblood of this podcast. Without it, without them, we can't do this, can we, Philippa? So if you'd like to comment on the arches or leave us a plot prediction then you can leave us a message on speakpipe which you can discover on our website on dumptydum.com you just click on the contact tab at the top it's very simple to use and you can record it as many times as you like before you submit it so don't worry 
um, a maximum of two minutes. Or you can send a voice note or text message by WhatsApp to this number, 07957 167 696. That's 07957 167 696 which if you're calling from abroad, and a lot of our listeners are listening from abroad, you have to tag on a plus four four at the start. If you'd rather not put uh, submit a, a voice note or voice, voice mail or whatever, or speak pipe, then email. Tap the old keyboard. And to do that, also head to dumptydum.com and click that Contact Us tab. So what did you, our lovely, lovely Dumpty Dum community, think of the week? Hello, Ambridge3962. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, <laughs> I haven't called in for a while, but it's lovely to have... Oh, my cuckoo clock going on. <laughs> Hey-ho, onwards and upwards. I haven't called in for a while, so um, it was because I was very behind with the archers, but I've just caught up now, which is, which is good. Um, yesterday, I was very grateful to the archers because um, after a very odd couple of weeks domestically and then uh, the anxiety of Boris's press conference, I then listened to the archers and lovely Joy and her idea about the scarecrows really cheered me up because Sheila was right. Oh, God, I've said that. Uh, <laughs> Sheila was right. People don't want to be bogged down in all the things that are worrying us about the pandemic. We want something really, really silly and inconsequential and a bit daft. And if that isn't finding uh, scarecrows around the village and winning a, a jar of pickle, I mean, wow. I mean, <laughs> that says it all, really, doesn't it? I thought that was glorious. I cannot wait until... Um, all the scarecrows are made and the ruder the better and I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you for the archers for cheering me up on a day that uh, that actually really needed it. So hope everyone is well and uh, I look forward to uh, calling in again soon, uh, hopefully on the subject of rude scarecrows. <laughs> there we go. Bye. Goodbye, Dusty. Lovely to hear from you again. Mm. You're not the wrong sort of listener. You're the ideal sort of listener. <laughs> and um. Our esteemed Prime Minister causing people anxiety? Who'd have guessed? Who'd have guessed? (laughs) But I'm glad anyway, Dusty, that the Scarecrow storyline allayed your anxiety. And we needed that that little bit of levity, didn't we, in in quite a tough week. Mm. And the the Scarecrows seem to have gone down very well, apart from with Linda. But um, (laughs) even she, 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 (laughs) she's swallowing her pride and accepting it's a good idea. Um, yes, I, I think ruder the better, definitely. I did see one suggestion on uh, on social media of a, of a Matt Hancock stroke Gina scarecrow in a clinch. I think that, <laughs> <laughs> that, would, be, that would be fun to see. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of silly, insequential <laughs> daftness. You can't go wrong with that, Dusty. And yeah, to win a jar of pickle, I mean... It's better than the Euros, I'd say, Philippa. <laughs> yes. Oh, Dusty, I'm so sorry you've had a difficult few weeks. Hope, hope you're okay. And uh, yeah, there must have been difficult to find yourself agreeing with Shula. But uh, yes, we need, we do need some cheering up. I think I spend far too much time looking at all the stats. It's quite scary. So scarecrows. If we did scarecrows to represent the archer's characters, what, what would they be? Okay, Neil would have the secateurs. Lee would be there with his drum kit. Adam with the missing money, Helen with a knife, Russ with his colouring book. I don't know. What what scarecrow would you have? Which which person would you have as a scarecrow, Quentin? Linda is a bit of a witch. Oh, Quentin, I think there's a real problem with your Wi-Fi because you seem to be saying some very unpalatable <laughs> um, things. <laughs> um, uh, Lillian with a great big bottle of gin. Yes. Uh, I'd have leave as a super superhero twit, you know. <laughs> he'd have to Bless be posing him. with something or other, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, I'd have, obviously Adam just 
I've had Adam lying flat on the ground because he's so boring, isn't he? Because that's how <laughs> he's a road with some tarmac. <laughs> yeah, that's how he leaves his feeling. I'd have Ross as a slug, obviously. So I mean, I could go on and on, really. Just just have Eddie as a scarecrow. I mean, what's the difference? Oh my goodness! Well, Controversially, yes, we do. Yes, we do need to discuss Shula. As Dusty has has raised the issue of Shula, we need to discuss it. So. Susan said, maybe Shula can help you resolve the problem since you're obviously been so helpful to her. And Neil then said, Susan. And then yeah. Shula said, I, I didn't mean to cause any trouble. I'm sorry, you go to somebody's house, there's no answer at the door. So you go round the back uninvited, you hear arguing and you go in. I mean, wh- what, that, what? That's, that's the archer's summed up isn't it i mean how many conversations that are reaching a fever pitch are interrupted at just the wrong moment because somebody goes hello just popping by oh bugger off this is more interesting i find that the most one of the most infuriating aspects of these script writing actually so it's so often key conversations are interrupted at just the wrong wrong moment and that was a classic one wasn't it mm, but it, it did true. spawn the best line of the week i thought all that when susan was really really riled and sheila turns up thanking neil for sorting out her shrubbery uh, yeah, that is a euphemism and um you know and and, and sh- susan fires off her, 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 her Exit line was, we were already in trouble, Shula, before you turned up with your secateurs. I thought that was, <laughs> the, the, the use of the word secateurs has never been <laughs> yes, taken used on, in a better way a than that. Meaning. Yes, crikey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, um, it, I mean, who would have thought a humble secateur could cause yes. so much trouble? Actually, having said that, I did do myself a terrible personal injury, injury once with a pair of secateurs. Yeah, painful. Do I ask? In the groin area. In in the groin area, drew drew Quentin, drew blood. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh my so goodness! I do. I, I I wince like Vince at the mention of secateurs. It brings back a painful memory, literally. Yes. Oh, oh yes. my goodness! No, I mean I couldn't live in Ambridge because I couldn't have people calling round uninvited. My great grandfather used to have a sign on his on the gate saying "No visitors whatsoever," and that's the sort of <laughs> sign I'd like. If I love people coming round, but I need to know about it so I can yeah. do the last minute shoving things in cupboards. I think most people are like that, really. Yes. They don't like people just dropping in. Hi, but that's the arches, yeah. isn't it? That is the arches. <laughs> Hi, heard you arguing. Can I interfere? Yeah. <laughs> Just thought I'd, I'd, I'd do. I'd exercise my pastoral training and come in and interfere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. as well as make you feel very suspicious, Susan. Anyway, I hope you all have a lovely day. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's hope she doesn't ask Susan for a reference because uh, yes, it <laughs> might not might not be what she wants. And as for Linda's idea uh, for the the fake committee of having a piece of art or sculpture on the lockdown theme, I was oh. trying to think if if I did that, what would mine be? And the only sculpture I could think is of. Um, the scales, my scales, all the weight I put on in lockdown with chunky Kit Kats. I would do a sculpture of my of my scales. That would that win me the prize? Do you think, Quentin? No, because it would be so unrealistic of real life. Is that is that smarmy charmy enough for you? Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> it was so smarmy. Yeah, never mind. No, that was great, Dusty. Thank you so much for your call. Brilliant as always. And now we go on to the. Wonderful Witherspoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Handsome husband is dealing with some significant medical problems and then fell off a bicycle earlier this week and fractured the head of his right humerus. So I've been a bit distracted Mm. and will be helping him out with daily needs over the next two months. So I may not be as focused on the archers for a while, but will do my best, especially with the weekly snap post. I just wanted to note two things. First, I was not surprised when Alice did a runner. As I've noted before, sometimes alcoholics have to be dragged to the front door of rehab because of their ambivalence. But as long as they finally sign themselves in, mm-hmm. they have a chance at recovery. Second mm-hmm. point regarding Susan and Neil. People have been worried that Neil's alleged forgetfulness may be an early sign of more serious cognitive problems. 
However, the only evidence of Neil's memory slips have involved unheard conversations with Susan and her claims that he forgot something. I'd say it's just as likely that the forgetfulness is Susan's problem, especially combined with her irritability and suspiciousness. Look, it still all may be related to their stress, but I'm beginning to think not. As I always say, we'll see, and I'll talk to you soon. Oh, Witherspoon, thank you so much for your call. And we're so sorry to hear about Alan. We are sending you both our thoughts, our hugs and our our love. We hope things improve soon. Um, Yes, really hope that uh, rehab helps. In the meantime, Brian seems to have replaced Adam with Eddie. I don't understand how Eddie is now working with Brian, but anyway, never mind. Wouldn't Um, you? I would. Blimey. Yeah. (laughs) I suppose so. They had a more interesting conversation, which we'll get on to later. But yes, this dementia, I I agree with Witherspoon. I I certainly don't think Neil's got dementia. I think either they are completely knackered with looking after Martha or there, there is something with Susan. And when Neil suggested getting Jennifer to help, which didn't seem unreasonable to me and he no, said you know no. we've all got limits susan said i haven't got limits i mean where is chris is chris doing any parenting in this i haven't heard him take martha for even half an hour I, it seems it seems really strange and quite worrying mm. what what do you think quentin mm. yeah he has disappeared off the scene hasn't he very very much become silent not not even Hearing the clanging of him as a blacksmith, are we? Um, yeah, yeah. This whole Susan Neil. I mean, I I postulated about Neil. I picked up very quickly his forgetfulness, and I was putting the odd tweet out, as is my way, saying, "Oh dear, is he sh- showing the first signs?" And quite a few people shared my anxiety. Uh, he seems to have renewed focus, certainly in the area of Schuler's garden. Anyway, so maybe he isn't going. Mm. Uh, losing, <laughs> losing his mind. Certainly, certainly hope not because he's one of my favourites, and I don't think we could quite go through anything like that at the moment. Mm. And everybody's saying, "Oh, there won't be anything between Shula and Neil." I, I don't think there will be. I think there's a, quite a bit of flirting going on there, particularly for Neil. And he admitted it's a nice break to go to the garden, sort out Shula's bushes, and so forth, to get away, frankly, from the stresses of home. Yeah, but it's clearly pricked Susan's suspicion and heightened her stress and perhaps made her the forgetful one. So I think Witherspoon's onto something there. Do we think Susan and Neil are in trouble, as Susan was suggesting? I I think they're too solid. I think they are, but um, they're obviously having a big dip at the moment. But we need need them together, don't we? They're they're very much part of the bedrock of, of, of the archers. Yes. It was horrible listening to their argument, really, if you can call it an argument, heated discussion. Uh, And I think I felt that Susan was just warming up and sort of coming round to the Mm. idea that everything was okay, particularly when Neil referred Mm. to her lovingly as a daft apeth. But then Shula came in and that just switched it in a a whole other direction. And I am a bit concerned about them now. Well, I've never heard them. They've had argue. these ups and downs before. I've heard them argue. Remember, he, 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 Neil really soared in my estimation when during the monologues, he really put Susan in her place. She was storming off to tick somebody off about something, and he said, You're not. True. You're coming home. Don't do it. And I thought, Neil, I like you. And uh, he's never disappointed since. So they have had big bust ups. And she whips herself up mm, to a frenzy. True. And gets worse and worse and he's trying to calm her down and he just says you know tells her she's being a daft a daft apeth and all that so i i i i think they'll get through it it's one of those blips but they're certainly under stress aren't they they are i mean something needs to happen with martha in terms of chris sharing the load or uh, or them letting other people look after her maybe that will be the change to allow brian and jennifer more time 
with Martha, but it just it just felt uncomfortable mm. to me. And there was no immediate resolution. If they have a bit of a, a an argument and then everything's sorted and cleared, that's fine. But it just sort of ended mm. and, and we didn't have that at all. It's, it's those bloody secateurs, aren't they? Causing all sorts of trouble. I renamed them sexateurs, actually, because that's what they should be called in terms of the archers. I just don't understand why he's spending so much time in the garden. If he's exhausted, you know, if I was exhausted... To get away from Susan. Yeah, but if I was exhausted, I would just want to get some sleep or read a book or I wouldn't want to be doing some gardening if you're that tired I'd just be yes in the shed door locked there, there is the uh, there is the allure of Shula clearly oh no please don't let it be Quentin <laughs> we have to hope not but now we need to move on to the knowledgeable Keith young Keith good morning young Keith here um just a very quick message, uh, leaping, not leaping to the defence, but lurching to the defence, stumbling to the defence of Royfield. And I'll tell you why. Now, we'll be fully honest here, brutally honest, I might say, <laughs> but uh, it's all said with love. Because when I first started listening to Dumpty Dum, it was probably about approximately four years ago when I was living mm. in a little country called Chile. Longest coastline in the world. No, that's not true. Longest country in the world. Anyway, and I didn't really care for Royfield. I very much like Lucy and just the general setup, which, of course, was mostly down to Royfield and all his hard work and etc. But I found Royfield to be very much the straight man. <laughs> and when he would do his monologues, etc., I might be prone to flicking the fast forward 30 second button a few times till we got back to Archer's stuff. <laughs> but over time, and particularly recently, I've liked the way that Royfield, I like the way you've adjusted. You've become sort of mischievous. You're very much the mantle hander, the godfather almost of the show. And I like your, you're a bit like, well, almost like a, some kind of dictator who's always in the background, always watching, but not always in view. And I like that. And I like that you're a wind-up merchant, because <laughs> I too am a wind-up merchant. So please don't stop. Please continue with your button pushing, um, because it's what I'm enjoying the most now about the new, I won't say new and improved, but the new Dumpty Dum. Anyway, lots of love, peace, and love to everyone. He, um, he, he almost committed to saying improved Dumpty Dum, didn't he? But he's just held back. <laughs> nice one there, Keith, because he is clearly a big fan of Royfield. Yeah, big enough, big enough brown he is. So, um, mm. <laughs> yes, he, I love this idea that he's some kind of dictator behind the scenes. I, I think that's pretty accurate, isn't it, Philippa? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> He's there, lingering in the background, uh, <laughs> shooting off his orders and then slinking into the shadows again. Yes, yes, Keith, you've, 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 you've summed up our executive producer. You, you <laughs> like the fact he's a wind-up merchant because you are as well. Ooh, yeah. Um, he he doesn't half wind you up, Philippa, doesn't he? I mean, you've, you come with a full set of buttons and he presses every single one. I know. Which drives some of our listeners up the wall and others, obviously, Keith enjoys it. So um, who knows? I, 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 as I said last week, I, I thought they went a bit bit too far last time. I think you, you agreed as well. But um, you're like two bickering siblings mm. and you just both got to grow up really, haven't you? But Keith is enjoying it. Keith is enjoying it. Oh, yes, it's good to have a defence for Royfield. I did say to Royfield, you need to listen to young Keith's message, and uh, which he, he did, and he came back and said, I like that man. So there you go, young Keith. You have the official <laughs> seal of approval. Um, and if Royfield is a dictator, then we have to do what he said. And he told me I have to ask for more dum de dum tunes to play at the beginning. We're on our last one with Isabel. So please send in whatever version or rendition you would like to. Uh, yeah, I think Royfield and me are a bit like maybe Kate and Jacob. I flounce and he ponders. I, I I don't know. Uh, speaking about Jacob, actually, hasn't he learned to read Kate just beautifully? I thought he was brilliant in that scene. And when Kate said, you know, 
am I a, am I a thoroughbred, Jacob? Do I need to make an appointment? I uh, just thought that was just a, a lovely scene. But then I didn't like it when we had Fallon diagnosing Linda with um, social anxiety from lockdown. Yes, okay, that's probably me. I've probably got that. But what lockdown has there been in Ambridge? The only COVID issues, we've had Leonard getting his vaccine and Peggy had to sit outside once under a heater at the tea rooms. I, I haven't seen or heard a lot more that, that's been going on. I'm still totally in lockdown, locked in. But Quentin, you're not. Get, tell me, what is your secret to being brave and, and going out into that world? Oh, you, you haven't moved from, from Shropshire at all? Have you, have you stayed put throughout? Um, uh, yes, we we haven't been we haven't been out of the county. Definitely, I have been for a few meals out, but only outside. I haven't been inside. I haven't been to the theatre, the cinema, and nothing. Ooh. I I yeah, I'm one of the scaredy cats. I, I never thought of it in, that, in those terms. I, um, we yeah, we have broken out, I suppose. We, we, you know, within the within the laws and regulations. Oh yes, of course. Um, we, yeah, yeah, but. Um, I suppose we've just been very sensible, and we we feel more secure. I suppose having been double jabbed, that's 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 a big thing that makes you feel more confident about going out. But um, I, I still, you know, mask up uh, quite mm. you know, a lot, and 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 you know, constantly washing my hands. I've got no skin on my fingers anymore. Yes. Um, so, I, so I suppose a good dollop of, of being sensible, but outdoors as well i feel much happier outdoors mm. i thought those scenes at wembley last night oh, yeah sixty-five thousand people yeah. i mean you, you, you're telling me that that ain't going to we're, gonna, we're not going to see a spike in in infections so yeah i keep away from crowds um and try and do as much outdoors as possible is is my motto mm. yeah no you're much braver than me i i i need to step foot out outdoors and uh and, and not let Fallon's diagnosis hold me back why did you think they put that in there though Quentin do, well do you think the the government or the NHS had said look you need to mention this condition because it seemed a bit out of the blue remind me what she diagnosed her with social what yeah so um she uh, Linda was struggling and talking about whether Yes. She should step down from the fate. And Fallon was doing her motivational, yes. inspirational talk and said she'd had yeah. a gentleman in, that, a yeah. young gentleman, uh, uh, mid-40s. Um, she was surprised how young that is. Thanks, Fallon. And uh, he'd been reading a newspaper and had been talking about lockdown anxiety and, and how he, this gentleman thought he was suffering from that as well, that he was finding it hard to actually go out um, and try and return to some normality, as you said, though, Quentin, within within the law. Uh, and so Fallon said maybe Linda mm. was suffering from that from that as well. Well, she tied it in also to her trauma from the True. explosion, didn't True. she? Yes. Which Linda concurred with. Um, I I didn't have the same reaction to you, actually. I, 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 I'm glad we're getting the old Fallon back. Who is empathetic and is a good listener and gives good advice? So that's that was my take on it, and you know I thought she was just giving a boost to somebody who dipped a bit. That was what I took away from it. And Linda seemed to have a spring in her step when she left. Yes, that's very true. Maybe I'm just being bitter and twisted. It just seems to come out of nowhere talking <laughs> about this when they haven't really admitted that there's COVID in in Ambridge. Yes, I mean it's it's they've. Um, Covid has brushed Borsetshire, hasn't yeah. it? Really, you get the odd reference to it, and um, I think most listeners are grateful, uh, yes. aren't we? Because we, uh, you know it's, it's our little escape, and the thought of being bogged down with Covid when we're out right in the middle of a pandemic, I think, was too much for people, especially during the, the, those those monologues. Yes, that's true. So I, I think uh, yes, uh, light brushstrokes has been the editor's. <laughs> Um, main motivation, I think. Mention it occasionally, then then pretend it's not there. Yes, that's fine. Run and hide, fingers in ears, not happening. Well, yeah. young Keith, that call was brilliant. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And now, Quentin, I, are you ready for this? Are you are you sitting comfortably? I am. Yes, I, I am. Right. This is so, our mystery call. Is that right? Yes, this is a mystery call. Um, f they're a first time caller in a row. Are you ready? I am. Here yeah. we go. 
Hello, first time caller in Um, I am a podcaster. Um, started listening to the Archers in the mid nineties, about nineteen eighty four or nineteen eighty five, one or the other. Um, I just wanted to call up just to say that um, Wednesday's episode where Brian took Alice uh, to the clinic was just utterly fantastic. Um, The interplay between the two and the penny finally dropping for Brian as to how serious, how addicted his daughter is, was just magnificent. Holly Chapman uh, needs to uh, win a whole load of awards for her performance as Alice uh, going Mm. through alcoholism. It has been uh, a performance for the ages. She really knows how to go through the gears and uh, display um, the different stages of, of drunkenness. And it was just an utterly fantastic and gripping episode. Uh, well done to all concerned. And um, yes, uh, awesome being a first time caller in. Uh, keep up the good work. Bye bye. <laughs> and there we have it Roy Phil Brown, <laughs> first time caller in. Royfield, congratulations on your on your first call in. Please, please do call in again. Although I would have to say, because you do like to keep people on their toes, if you're a first time caller, he's broken all the rules. Yeah, well, he gave the year, but he didn't say what his sort of pedigree is. So I I went to the dumdydum.com website on your behalf to see. And so 1984 is either Ed Grundy or Emma Carter. And 1985, that's when they were both born. And 1985 is when uh, Marjorie Antrobus arrived. So, Mm. Royfield, you're a cross between Ed, Emma and Marjorie. But uh, yes, he always he, he always cites Marjorie, doesn't he? I think. Yes, he does. So shall we shall we label him the Antrobus? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, Royfield, a, a great call, and thanks for calling him in. That was splendid. He sounds very serious, though, Royfield. Well, I thought he was. I thought it was a parody. I thought he was pretending to be somebody, and then I then he started dropping in Royfield words. I thought, oh, it's Royfield. I didn't recognise his, his his voice initially. Um, uh, anyway, we should be calling the, the dictator anyway, not Royfield. That was a call from the <laughs> dictator, right? <laughs> uh, well, no, because he's a, in this, in this, he's a, he couldn't make it for this episode, but he could send us a, a corner in or a, so yes, uh, very good. And you're right, Royfield, on your first call in, it was an interesting episode. And it's amazing that it was just Brian and Alice in that whole episode as far as i'm aware there was nobody else in it they handled it so well although i have to say those were the most echoey toilets i have ever come across it was like there were you know two thousand toilets and he was shouting right down to the end i've never heard of such things before and when he found alice eventually in the pub i didn't know i didn't know what his plan was going to be i thought how on earth is he going to get her out of the pub and to rehab what's going to happen also they didn't reveal what alice's favorite type of crisps were she just asked for her favorite crisps so that's a that's a question for next time um I was surprised that nobody stopped Brian manhandling Alice into the car. Yes. Uh, I know he made yes. this very passionate plea, you know, this is my daughter, she's an alcoholic, um, which, as Roy has mentioned, was uh, was just sort of stunning to, to hear him say that and, mm. and admit that. But nobody, in, nobody stopped them unless they all heard him and he was so convinced they all actually helped him get Alice in the car because yeah. at one moment he was sort of facing the crowds and shouting uh, that his daughter was an alcoholic and the next moment they'd arrived at rehab and I thought gosh how did that that last part of the journey yeah I think go? it's a yes yeah, suspension of disbelief and all that but also compression of getting everything into 13 minutes I suppose hmm. but um Fundamentally, I, I agree with Roy Phil. I tweeted about it on the day. I thought that Wednesday's episode was outstanding. I think one of the best bits of radio drama I genuinely have heard for a very long time. Mm. And I thought the acting and the writing and the direction uh, was superb throughout. And the the performances by Holly Chapman and Charles Collingwood were outstanding. Mm. I was genuinely gripped 
by it. And um, I wanted more, which is always a good sign of, of very good drama. And, and both, particularly Holly Chapman, her, and I've noticed this, she's really come on as an actor, I think, um, mm. mainly because she's been given such a juicy storyline, but her ability to subtly change her tone and you suddenly something switches and you think, oh, blimey, it's all going to go horribly wrong. Yes. And sure enough, she gets angry and nasty and really lets off. You know, she's all coquettish and girly and, yes. you know, got her daddy around her little finger and, uh, and flattering him and so forth. And then she turns and she just indicates that with the tiniest tonal changes and then there's a big gear change. And I thought mm. Brian, uh, Charles Collingwood, really played brilliantly opposite her and mm. he obviously decided on this tactic, okay, we'll just get her drunk and I'll get her there somehow. But I think, I agree, I did think, oh, wouldn't people stop him apparently kidnapping a young woman? But yes. again, apart from the compression side of it, I think it shows how convincing Brian is as a character. He, he speaks with authority. He's a sort of chap mm. who you believe when he talks, and that, that would have carried him through. But I think the very fact he stood up publicly and said, she's my daughter, she's an alcoholic. I think that was the first time I, we've heard Brian yes. publicly proclaim mm. that was also very significant. And then the, the next day, I th- you know, the scene I thought between him and Eddie was superb as well. Again, great radio drama, great use of the microphone, the, the, the timbre of Brian's voice, you know, how close he got to the microphone. You could hear the sorrow in his voice and the exhaustion as well. Mm. And he just capitulated and told everything to Eddie. And I thought Eddie's response was lovely, tying in with William's mental health issues and attempted suicide and the fact that he reminded Brian and us that he, he, Brian, was the only one outside the family who knew about William's troubles, which linked and explained why Brian felt at ease to confess Mm. to Eddie. So those two, that entire episode was brilliant on Wednesday. And I thought the scene between the scenes between Eddie and Brian were very moving and very convincing. So yes, feathers in lots of caps. Yes, I agree. They really were uh, great scenes between Eddie and Brian. Although I was quite shocked when Eddie was talking about going through similar problems and just mentioned William because yes, Brian was aware of what William had gone through. So there was the connection there. But of course, you know, Edward uh, had his major problems as well. And I was just surprised that there was no mention of that as well that there wasn't the acknowledgement but uh yes uh, i think it would have got too cluttered wouldn't it i think the william thing was more clear cut as a yeah. comparison to to alice but i take your point yeah yeah but again in this conversation i loved the name terry two phones uh, <laughs> and what a name you know it just sums up the character of a person <laughs> straight away i just thought that's wonderful yes. but Ed is going to get in trouble with using his limo for Terry Two Phones, isn't he? Oh, of course. It's it's going to be a complete yeah. disaster, isn't it? I mean, he's yeah. not licensed and he's going, to, he's going to be on the take and Terry Two Phones will want to take a percentage and then everybody will puke up inside it and then, oh, God, and then they'll have another run in with Rex. No, it's, it's going to be complete, absolute disaster. Yeah. But, hey, that's Eddie for you, isn't it? He'll bounce back. He will. He absolutely will. Well, Royfield, thank you so much for that call. Yeah, and do call in again, yes. Royfield. Love, love to hear do from you. Do call in yes, again. But, yes, but try don't, to sound happier. Don't be shy, time. Royfield. Don't be shy. We're very, very, we're very, we're very sweet here on this, on this program. We'll, we'll, we'll treat you with kid gloves. So, Royfield, do feel free to phone in again whenever you like. Yes. Delighted to hear your first call. And now we go on to inspirational Isabel. Hi, so this is um, like more like last week's call really because I couldn't call in last week because I had a busy weekend. I'm going to do it in day one, day two, day three, day four. Day one, Lily. I can't, well, f- at first I was like, <gasps> no way. She cheated on Russ like that. I mean, I mean, I thought with like there'd been, there'd been an episode on Sunday Anyway, it looks like she had a one-night stand with this soul. I don't know what to think. I mean, I'm not really sure if I like Russ or not. Vince, um, well, at first, I wondered why. I mean, like, 
it got on top of Cranford Crystal and um you know he went you know he started like looking like he was in pain I wonder, I wonder why that happened I mean he said on Tuesday that the dismount was fine, but it seems to have started when he mounted, not dismounted. Tuesday. It was funny when Lizzie found out about Vince and his little um, mishap with Cranford Crystal. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, day three. <laughs> that was funny. You know, all of a sudden you you hear this woman start to come in. You know, you know, it's suddenly coming on. Vincey! <laughs> yeah, terrible accent, sorry. Thursday. I'm glad that Russ and Lily didn't have a massive falling out. Um, and I'm glad that Russ... I didn't know Russ was was a painter. I thought he was just, like, sketching sort of thing. So anyway, looks like Lily likes the portrait. I like that Lizzie and Vince have finally admitted their feelings for one another. Yeah, so anyway, next week I'll give you my views on... This week and next week. Two weeks in one. Sorry this call's been a bit longer than usual. Bye. Well, thank you, Isabel. Um, it, it's funny to be thinking about last week when we're concentrating on this week, Isabel. So if you can phone in about the current week, that would that would really help us out. I'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, brush off the, the rust from my memory from last week, but um, we did go into <laughs> last week in quite a lot of detail. So <laughs> there's, not, there's not much point us recapping all that again. So uh, we always welcome your call, Isabel, but if you can try and get it to make it the current week, that, that really helps us out. Uh, you can't believe that Lily cheated on, on Russ like that. I think most of us cheered from the rooftops like that <laughs> because most of us can't abide Russ and he's just a freeloader and he deserves everything that's coming his way. But part of us quite enjoy him being around because he makes our skin creep and we can just moan about him me included so yeah um lily likes her portrait it's exquisite she said didn't she i remember <laughs> do you like the fact that lizzie and vince have proclaimed their love for one another even though <laughs> lizzie doesn't want to live with him yeah work that one out so thanks a lot, Isabel. But yeah, j- just focus on the current week next week if you can, because there's limited time as you appreciate. Yes, thanks, Isabel, for your call as always and for your dum de dum tune. Um, we can't wait oh, to yes. hear what you think of 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 next week coming up. Yes, and all the various things. Uh, my question that I haven't mentioned yet, Quentin, is all this faff about the committee meeting, the fate of the fate. Do you, do you like oh, that? Yes, yes. I've been working on that, the fate of the fate. Um, and uh, Linda arranging meetings for 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. or both. What what was that about? You've, you've really been listening attentively, haven't you, this week? I, I <laughs> went straight over my head, that one. No, didn't clock that. Why, why are you suspicious of that? Give I Linda don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I do seem to be a bit anti-Linda this week. I'm not at all. Mm. Um, but I, it just seemed strange that there was this, oh, some people arrive at three o'clock and then at four o'clock, but maybe it allowed to have the discussion about the scarecrows and then them tell the others at four o'clock and then Fallon think it was Linda's idea. So I, I can see the the conceit of all of that. But uh, yeah, it just seemed a bit strange. Uh, do you think she's tried to water down the influence of joy somehow? She sees her as that threat. Yes, and when she told Joy just to uh, uh, sit down and observe, and observe yes, observe the committee meeting. <laughs> we just knew that there was no way that was going to happen. That that was brilliant. No. That, did, that did make me chuckle. And you could you could hear you could see Linda sucking on a lemon, couldn't you? When the scarecrow idea went down so well. Oh, blimey! Yes. She even 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 the pips went down. Yeah. But we'd done one about fairy tales ten years ago. You know, it's quite a long time ago. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I did worry because Joy said, "Oh, let's uh, we can give out prizes for the the nicest and the ugliest." I thought, "Oh my goodness, if they start doing fellow residents of Ambridge and then they vote on who's the ugliest, that that's a car crash waiting to happen." I I did think that, that, that's a that's a Facebook poll. I think yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, Isabel, thank you very much. Now, we have a text. I love the text. And this one covers a lot of uh, issues, but is very to the point. So this is a text from Chris. 
Hello, a few predictions. Neil has dementia. Alice will complete rehabilitation and cope thereafter. Joy sadly has a deceased daughter. Adam and Brian have heads knocked together by Ian and Jennifer. Phoebe and Rex romance. England won. Denmark nil. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> Great. I love all well, those he got the Denmark score wrong, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, more predictions chris keep them keep them coming yes i hope i do hope rehab works for alice um although again this week we heard so many people saying they were proud of her and i just wonder actually if that was too much pressure i understand why people said it um brian said it peggy said it a number of times kate i think mentioned it as well so there is it's a nice thing to say and and there are often a time when you would love to hear that from somebody but I don't know when you're in Alice's position if it just puts on more pressure and makes the thought of going to to rehab even more difficult but as Witherspoon said you know if if you can get them there it can work Hmm. and she also in her exchange with Brian said how guilty she felt about how much it was costing them I mean, she used that as an excuse to justify yes. not going. But I think she she is concerned about that. You know, thank God she's there. The, the, actually, the, the, the one thing I did mention, mention when she got to rehab and throughout that Wednesday scene, the only other character, of course, was Sandra, wasn't it? The, the yes. woman at the rehab centre on the phone. Yes, of course. She was a bit odd. I, I thought she reminded me of the continuity announcer used to pop up on Victoria Wood on TV. You remember that? She used to sit behind a desk. You remember her? Yeah. She sounded just like her. And I thought, why are you sounding like a Victoria Wood continuity announcer? This is ridiculous. And then when they got there, she said, well, um, welcome, you know, welcome to you both. Uh, we'll just get you processed, yeah. which isn't the best of words, isn't it? <laughs> why don't you just say, we'll just get you settled in? Yeah, very that, that was like a, a, in a superb, I know, in a superb episode that was really well written. <laughs> and her, 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 her dialogue wasn't, so that did surprise me. Anyway, we're back to his predictions, aren't we? Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd like to know actually what Chris would predict about Peggy because I don't know. It seems like there's a new symptom of COVID, a, a complete change of character, and, and Peggy would be the first one because mm. she was so apologetic. And a few weeks yes. ago, we heard good reasons why she had had the view that she had, however wrong it was. It's almost as if the scriptwriters have forgotten her explanation. It just didn't make sense to me that she would change that you. much and, yeah. and not explain well, her position to Alice and say, I've gone through it. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was uncharacteristic of her. Jacob referred to her being a proud woman, and for her to apologise is quite something. But I um, tweeted about the fact I don't, didn't see why Peggy felt the need to apologise, because yeah. I am of the opinion that she was right, and she knows she's right, and she's also a woman of uh great years who has been through the experience and knows what she's talking about and was putting Martha first. And even when Alice confronted her, she eventually ended up agreeing with Peggy and saying, no, you're right. You were right to do what you did. And um, she, she started beating herself up about saying that you know, she, neither Martha nor Chris deserved her as wife and mother. But fundamentally, she saw Peggy's point. But Peggy must have use the S word, sorry word, at least three times during that exchange. Yeah. And I don't think she has anything to apologise for. Unless so she was... I think a, a lot of people were were perturbed by that. Sorry. Um, unless she was being just very clever, very canny, actually, and taking that stance mm. to just take the wind out of Alice's sails straight away and just mm. get Alice calm and able to process it and, and see things properly. I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't sense that calculation. I, I, I sensed genuine contrition and remorse from Peggy, which was misplaced because um, she was doing it for all the right reasons and with a great deal of experience. So yes, it, it puzzled a lot. Puzzled a lot of people that. Yeah, it didn't sit right. Maybe Peggy's just recorded a, a video message for Alice to play once she's in rehab, saying. I didn't mean any of it. I wasn't sorry. And you have to be there. And I did the right thing. You, you never know. With and I'm not paying for it. Go away. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Um, she's, uh, Chris reckons that Joya sadly has a deceased daughter. This is Rochelle, and I'm, I've long been banging on that I don't think Rochelle exists for all sorts of different reasons. So I'm with you on that, Chris. Uh, Adam and Brian have their heads knocked together. I think that's going to be the case. I can't see Adam leaving Ambridge, um, even though I'd love to see the back of him. But uh, Adam is around, so I, and I don't think Jen, Brian can put Jennifer through that. So Adam will still be around. And also Justin has told him, look, your cunning plan ain't going to work with Brian around because he'll cause too much trouble if you try and swing that one. And he reckons Phoebe and Rex will have a romance, doesn't he? Mm. Phoebe and Rex. Oh, God, if you want a boring life, Rex, yeah, go for it. But no, I, we, we reckon Rex and Lily, don't we? That, that could be a possibility. Although, of course, she's had her head turned yes. by, by, by Soul. So, yes. Dimp, dimply Soul. Yeah. <laughs> and now, let's sit back for some socials with our sensational Sue. Hello, my lovelies. It's Suey, Queen of Tart here, with another week of drama on the socials. And the big questions this week is, well, we'll start off with one that Isabel asked. What's going to happen to Susan and Neil and their relationship? Second, why is Shula such a complete twonk? Well, actually, Joanna Smith said that, but didn't use those exact words. They were mine. Uh, Three, why is Brian lying and then admitting to it? as asked by Richard Lucas, all in the same episode. Four, why is Peggy apologising for being the rightest person in Ambridge? And Kate Lyle asked that. Five, how out of joint is Linda's nose over the scarecrow? Asked Richard Lucas. Well, that sums up the episodes, really. Do we need to go on? I suppose we should go into a little bit more detail. Let's work backwards. Linda did seem rather dischuffed and Gillian Holmes thinks that Joy may be a worthy successor to Linda and just let me give a shout out to Carol Boyd who apparently has been very poorly over the last few months I am sure that we all hope for her sound recovery in the meantime Gillian and Joan seem very positive for Joy taking some of the reins in the meantime Kate oh Kate She got a lot of stick, not unreasonably. Darcy, in particular, was unimpressed. Kate, you just don't know when to leave well alone, do you? Lillian, in the meantime, shared some lovely pictures of the Archer studio from the before times and said that they gave her a braille script to read. The Archers is nothing if not inclusive. Oh, Quentin. Stephen pointed out that Rex played Paul the Plumber And a lovely joke from Susie Sullivan. Sol leads to the road to Damascus, leads to Paul. Shula would have really enjoyed that. Oh, Shula. Shula, Shula. You get a couple of points off for supporting Joy over the scarecrows, but then you lost all of them and an awful lot more. Uh, Tommy Croson said that she chucked a grenade into Ambridge View and left awake in her naivety to read the situation and many people agreed. Anne Van Villet thinks she'll make a great vicar. (laughs) Joanne says she'll make a crackerjack vicar. Crackerjack. Um, Real comfort to her parishioners. David Egan gave her null points. I've lost count now. I really don't know how many she's got at this point. Uh, But she's down, let's be clear. Joanne said if she moves to the country, she'll make sure that she locks the doors. Um, To ensure a bit of balance, I shall point out that Colin thinks she comes across as caring and sensitive. And Richard came out to say the character is well created. I'm just going to say secateurs. Lots of support for Neil and Susan from David Clare and lots of people saying Susan should accept help from Brian Jenny, darling, including Christy, Claire, Peter, Fox and Margaret Blake think Susan is a horrible woman. (laughs) So that sums that up, really, doesn't it? I hope with Lillian that their marriage is too rock solid. And as Shirley says, it will just get the gossip mongers going. Just want to say thanks to Guy for a great post asking what people really do. It was really lovely to see so much more about the listeners um, and have a read if you haven't read that yet. I thought that was really charming. 
I couldn't re-listen to Brian taking Alice. It was so terribly sad and sounds like many other people felt similarly. Martin Van Hoovel, I think I've Van Den Hoovel, I'm hoping I've got that right. Darcy and David agreed on the quality of the writing and acting. Anna and Amy felt for Brian. Thank goodness for Eddie. And it's not every week you get to say that. And finally, Peggy is so utterly ruthless and manipulative and so very, very smart. See you all again. Well, talk to you all again in a few weeks' time. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you, Sue, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page. We love the community there. And now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. Over to you, Quentin. Yes, always a big moment in my in my week. And I had trawled through and I have picked out three gems, I hope. And um, I think we have two who are on the podium for the first time. So I'm looking forward to crowning them. So in bronze Ooh. position, yes. Uh, Rich Cuts, whose Twitter handle is at Cuts Rich, tweeted this straight after the Sunday tweet along. He said, lovely tweet along. Enjoy your Sunday. Right. I'm off to hand my neighbour's secateurs back. She left at mine the other day. I can hear them in the garden arguing. So seems as good a time as any. <laughs> yes, exactly. Spot on. Eh? Very good. Harks back to what we were saying before. So Rich, you get your a bronze medal for that effort. Well done. In a silver position, we have Eliza Bennett, whose Twitter handle is at Eliza Bennett 3. And she has tweeted this. Massively impressed by Alice's ability to find a nice pub within walking distance of a service station. <laughs> Which was yes. actually a that very good a point. Very good point. <laughs> when is there ever a pub? <laughs> In poor old Brian took him an hour to find her. How far had you gone? Anyway, Eliza, that wins you a silver medal. Well done. And she's been on the podium before. It took Brian an hour to find her because he was stuck in that extra long toilet, <laughs> echoey toilet, trying every cubicle. Yes. So that was a very good tweet. Yes. Well done. So, and uh, that brings us to gold position this week, which we are going to crown John Porter, whose Twitter handle is at mm. pie and a pint. And uh, John has won the gold gong for this. And this is a proclamation from Alice. I don't think I'm an alcoholic. And to which John says, Alice, talking through the talking arse. Oh, very yes. good. Yes. Excellent. Three very good tweets yes. there. So, John, well done. So, congratulations to John, Eliza and Rich. And we've mentioned already the Facebook group and we should just welcome all the new people that are joining us on on that group. Please do go on to Facebook, type in Dum T Dum and you will find us there and you will be most welcome. Now, to keep this podcast on the air, it requires some funding to cover essential costs. So if you'd like to support Dum Dum, you can join the Dum Dum Patreon community for $2 a show. If you make your way to the dumdydum.com website, click donate at the top and follow the links to Patreon or you can go direct to Patreon as as well. Now, also what really boosts the podcast profile, it does make a huge difference, is if you can write us a review on Apple iTunes, preferably glowing. But as much as we would um, very much appreciate your glowing reviews, we also really appreciate even more than that calls and Mm. texts and emails from you. So please do get in touch. Mm. Uh, To get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, which is dumptydum.com. Or alternatively, you can leave a WhatsApp voice note or text to this number. It's 07957 167 696. That's 07957 167 696, which will require a plus 44 if you are calling in from outside the UK. On Twitter, where which is very important to us, we have a fantastic uh, at Dumpty Dum team who are doing a, a great job. If you want to tweet about the archers and join in any tweet-alongs, during the week or mainly on a Sunday, then make sure that you use the uh, hashtag the archers, but make sure you use a capital T and a capital A when you use that hashtag the archers, because it then means our visually impaired friends can read all your fantastic tweets. And as we said, we're all on Twitter. Well, uh, you see, Quentin, you've said I should 
tell everyone that we're shamelessly prostituting ourselves for every like and retweet we can lay our grubby <laughs> hands on. I don't, I, I'm not going to associate myself with that, but obviously I love being in contact with people. And of course, Rosie, poor Rosie, do still get better. We hope you can join us next, next time. Anyway, Quentin, where can people find you as you shamelessly prostitute yourself on Twitter? Well, I am going to associate myself with those words because <laughs> yes. I wrote them, didn't I? So there you go. Yes, I, I, I do describe myself as a Twitter tart. I have two accounts, at Quentin Rayner. But for all my archers, ramblings and um, pontifications, you need to visit my, my sort of dedicated archers Twitter feed, which is at 13 Minute Man, which is uh, 13, the numbers, Minute Man. And yes, you? you can find me at QuickBook Reviews. Look for an orange photo of me reading a book. This podcast is also supported by a fantastic behind the scenes team. Mm. So we would uh, like to thank our wonderful social media supremos who pull together all the other bits and pieces on social media. Uh, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and of course, Lucy V. Freeman. And thanks again to Isabel for her dum dum tune and for calls from Dusty Substances, Witherspoon, Young Keith, Roy Field and Isabel. Uh, and for Chris for his text and Sue for her social media roundup. Don't forget again, the VIP announcement 30th of July is the Zoom alert. Buffy Davis will be joining us, Jolene. So fantastic. Yes, can't wait for that. Now, what will be the predictions for next week? So, will David and Ruth make a surprise reappearance? Will the rewilding campsite have fixed their lighting and actually have some more guests? Will Terry Two Phones turn out to be Terry Two Wives and the wedding get cancelled? And will Jacob star in a new TV series, The Life of an Ambridge Vet, which Kate we know, would be very keen to be involved with. She is, after all, a thoroughbred. All will be revealed. So it's bye-bye from me. And it's a very goodbye from me. Goodbye. Dum-dee-dum-dee-dum-dee-dum. <laughs> 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 <laughs>